Hey everybody, Kobe Manzo here from Division One Rejects. Thank you for listening to this episode. Before we get started, I did want to say, unfortunately, our guest for today, Coach Straz from Concordia, Ann Arbor, could not make it. So there will not be a guest in today's episode, but Zach and I do get into some great conversation, NFL, college football, all the works. So stick around. Appreciate you guys. Welcome back to Division One Rejects today. Kobe Manzo, Zach Keen. Zach, up? how we doing? Pretty good. Another great guest today. We have Matt Strazlikowski, the co-defensive coordinator and special teams coordinator at Concordia, Ann Arbor up-and-coming NAIA program, downstate Michigan NAIA program, been around, up-and-coming as in like nationally ranked. They're ranked 12th last year in the country as far as NAIA goes. No so the uh, the WAC, the Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Conference that we got going on yeah. in uh, Michigan and Indiana, some big-time names coming out of these schools. So definitely excited to tap back into that league. But as far as the NFL scene goes, the obvious storyline for this week's episode, Carson Wentz traded to the Colts for two draft picks, a second and a third round. That one's a conditional though, right? So that mm-hmm. could be... A little bit different there. But after you talk about Wentz to the Colts, which has been kind of rumored for a long time, now it has finally come into fruition. We will talk about how the NFL actually managed a complete season in the middle of a pandemic where almost no other sporting league could really, you know, manage that with a lot, besides a lot of delays. We saw the yeah. MLB go through a lot of it too. Um, but almost a million COVID tests, $100 million, and no canceled games. That's impressive, man. Yeah, that's so impressive. So that just shows me how much of a, I mean, the money side of it is like obvious, right? But the business side of it, how important it is to those people, that's their livelihoods, man. And that is with every professional sport. But I think the NFL just has that emphasis, at least in America, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's, you know, I don't really know what soccer has been up to during the pandemic. Any, Any idea? Any clue? You check in there? It's not my department. (laughs) But that's like the world sport though, right? Apparently. But in America, it's football. Everything runs through football. So... The NFL being back, college football being back in some aspects, that was great. Now, college football, we'll talk about a preview at some of the only football we've got left, which is the FCS. Now, obviously, Division Three, NAIA, a few D2s are playing, mm-hmm. but the highest level of football we have right now is the FCS, who are uh, in the middle of a spring season right now. I believe they're going into week two, so we'll take a look at some of the biggest headlines from that other level of Division One football at the championship subdivision. I want to yeah. talk about a guy that Will McElvain, who's a quarterback at University of Northern Iowa, who you were not here for this pod, but... Um, he was on there, and uh, now his team's fifth in the country. And so dude's balling out, right? And they play in the stack leagues. So we're going to talk about him later, talk about FCS football. But after we do that, the Big Ten, they had a game canceled that was supposed to be played in Ireland. And I don't think anyone heard about this. Did I had you? no idea. Right? And now, okay, I will say it was Illinois and Nebraska. Okay. So, like, not exactly a blockbuster game. Those teams stunk this year as far as the Big Ten's concerned. Yeah. Right? But... Ireland? Like, I feel like I should have at least heard something about this. That's pretty sweet. Any type of international college football. Have we yeah. seen anything like that before? I, don't, I, don't, I really I can think Yeah, of. nothing that I can think of. So that was something I really want to touch on. It was canceled, unfortunately. I, I don't know if I said that before or not because of COVID. But mm-hmm. um, I did want to touch on that before we finish out the podcast. But last of all, tell your friends, check us out. Follow us on Twitter at D1 underscore rejects and on Instagram at Division One Rejects. See when the new episodes drop every week on Wednesday and then catch highlights from our conversations with all the guests that we have on from every level of football. Carson Wentz to Indianapolis. The Colts give the Eagles a 2021 third round pick and a conditional 2022 second round pick that apparently could turn into a first rounder based on Wentz's playing time. I've never heard of this type of uh, bargaining deal. In an, you know what I mean? In the contract or something along those yeah. lines. But, you know, who, how many people really read the fine print of those? Exactly. I, I imagine that's somebody's job, right? Probably. Well, it has to be like the people who write it. But I'm saying, like, I bet people just 
that's got to be available somewhere to NFL people. And they mm-hmm. just go through and just rip it to see if they can't get any cool news out of it. Yeah. And this is pretty cool news. If once plays 75% of the Colts offensive snaps, or if he plays 70% of the snaps, a 5% difference, what? and the Colts make the playoffs, then the pick will become a first rounder in 2022. So, well, yeah, why? what is the incentive? Like, that's very interesting for me, for the Eagles to say that. Yeah. Like, we'll give you a first-rounder if he shows out and actually plays for you guys. That's very interesting. I didn't know that that could be contingent upon a fact like that. And I got that from, like, three different sources. So, like, it's legit. That's yeah. weird. I see the like, look in your face right now. I wish I could see it. It's, it's like, yeah. just kind of starstruck. But, I mean, I guess it makes it makes sense, but, it, like... It's the first, like, deal like that that I've ever heard of. Exactly. And I feel like this happens probably way more often than we know. Expect, yeah. But this is the first one for me that it's just been this this stat in itself has been blasted all over yeah. the place. Right? So it's public knowledge. Mm. That usually does not happen for sure. Um, the biggest, I guess, story about this move is that Wentz gets reunited with Frank Reich, the current head coach of the Colts, who was his former offensive coordinator in Philadelphia. And that's what people are trying, people, Colts fans are trying to sell the fact that, like, yeah, he sucked in Philadelphia, but now he's back with Frank. And and yeah. the Colts are a legit team. Like, they're a legit yeah. contender now out of the AFC South. So and Frank Reich was his OC when he was yep. like MVP contention. So that is an interesting stat, though, that I heard today. I was watching the Pat McAfee show. Shout out to Pat McAfee show. Boston Connor Barber, great stat. When you look at the actual stats for Carson Wentz, after Frank left, for whatever reason, his stats were better. It, wait, what? Yeah. Is that that's the most surprising thing I've heard? But according to that, that's what he said, and so that that was listening to that today, and that was very interesting to me. Now, part of that, and you know, that team was struggling, so maybe you could say like he just was forced to you know become to a bigger role when that team had a worse record. They just had to throw the ball and do this and that, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when the team around him was so much better structured, then maybe he what his role. I don't know. You could, you could explain it a, a couple of different ways, but that was really weird for me. Yeah, I don't. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe like that's what I'm trying to think of. Like, what could explain that besides the fact that, yeah, exactly. I mean, he went down with injury. That's true. Very true. I mean, not extremely early in the season, but I mean, yep. I feel like there was a lot of football left to play. Agreed. Agreed. So that'd be it'd be very interesting. But you know, I would have thought this meant the Eagles are going all in on Jalen Hurts, right? But actually, it doesn't really sound like the case. They're going to be bringing in competition, and the starting job is not promised to anybody. That's what they came out and said. Yeah. To be a quarterback for the Eagles, bro. Ridiculous. I don't know. Ridiculous. Just like, I mean, your quarterback, like, if you don't have that trust and that relationship with your head coach, or like even your quarterback coach, stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you can't be successful like that. Uh, especially at the professional. I don't know. Yeah. I at mean, a professional level where you're like them, but... equals, basically. Yeah. But you don't have to speak for them, but just as an outsider and like knowing that yeah. type of stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean I that's definitely a statement made when you know, when yeah. they trade away their once go to guy. Mm-hmm. You I feel like in the back of your head you're like, Okay, that's kind of like a And Foles is gone, yeah. Yeah, like that's kind of just like a, a statement as to okay, I feel like they're believing me as their guy and then they come out and say, Oh no, no, don't yeah, don't think, don't, don't get don't ahead start, of yourself, Jalen. Yeah, don't get ahead of yourself, Jalen, because don't even try it. You're about to be in and then, some competition. Like, when they take out Carson and put in Sudfeld, like do you remember yeah, that yeah, that yeah. whole instance. So apparently, Wentz and Peterson absolutely hated each other, and we saw a couple candid moments from the sideline. There's pictures of them just giving each other just dirty side eyes. Yeah, and it was pretty obvious. I feel there were reports that came weird. out and said they would not, they would not, excuse me, talk to each other for weeks on end. That. 
That is odd because of the that fact very that, like, odd. when you think about who Con- uh, Carson Wentz is as a person, mm-hmm. I just can't see. He must have done something. So really yeah, bad. there must have been something seriously wrong with that relationship, right? Because yeah. like he's a very professional dude, and I don't know much about Doug Peterson, so I'm not going to speak on it. But like, I haven't heard the best. But. Exactly, but like, you know, he's a very professional dude. So for yeah. that relationship to be that broken and non-repairable, you, you got to wonder I mean? what's going on behind yeah, the curtains. Exactly. So that was super interesting for me to see. Um, but the Colts, let's go back to them. They're in a prime spot to have a breakout year. They're coming off a first-round playoff loss to the Bills. Wentz has the potential to be a better fit than Rivers was in their offense, in my eyes. And that's yeah. you know, a lot of that's because of Frank Reich, right? So he has that um, experience coming in. He's familiar with that type of thing. And, you know, you could put almost any quarterback in that spot, though, I would say. Just with the pieces you have on defense, you have the backfield with Hines and Jonathan yeah. Taylor. There's a lot of things. The offensive line has really come alive the second half of the season. There's a lot of things that are really nice about that squad. And they're definitely in a win-now mindset. Right? For sure. Or else they wouldn't have picked up that contract. You know what no, I mean? Yeah. So they're in a win-down mindset. Like they want to go and win-down. And they have the pieces to do so. And a lot of the guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball, have been super vocal um, as we you know, got into the offseason. Like free agents. Like if you want to come here, you better run to the ball. You better do the tiny things right. We're, we're going to do it all right here in uh, in Indianapolis. It's mm-hmm. been pretty cool to see. Yeah, for sure. Frank Wright, did you hear he baptized, um, was it Darius Leonard or uh, what's the, uh, Buckner, right? The first Buckner? Yeah, I'm pretty I mean, sure he a, baptized. Name, I don't know. He's an he... interior D lineman, all right. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he baptized him. He's baptized like a couple guys in the team. That's, yeah, isn't I just, I was yeah. That's probably another reason why Carson likes him, dude. Like the relationship, I guess, between Reich and his players, like they'll just run through a wall for him. Yeah, and that I mean, that transcends football. Obviously, that's more than football. If you you know are able to connect with your coach like that spiritually, then yeah, yeah, dude. Going yeah. out, and, yeah. That's pretty sweet, though. So I might actually, I'm, I'm going to look that up here soon. But, um, yeah, like I said, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, and then up and coming, doing the outside, Michael Pittman Jr. And another thing about him, though, Michael Pittman, he's a wide receiver, right? He will not give up the number 11 for Carson and Indy. They've already talked about it, apparently. <laughs> I thought that was pretty interesting, right? What, I wonder what number he's going to go for. Guy gets paid a lot of money, but supposedly Wentz is cool with it, and they spoke about it, so I guess it's not that bad. Um you know, it that's crazy. The air. I mean, but the fact that that story even broke means that you know somebody leaked it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like that's that story should not break. That's what. That's the first thing I think about when I, I see stories say like that. Carson Wentz went from in high school he was twenty. You know his high school the, number? Is it, well, think about it. Twenty. Uh, that's a pretty weird number for a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I think who else was Shea Patterson was twenty at Ole Miss. Where he transferred to U of M. Shea Patterson was? When he was at Ole Miss. Um, Interesting. And then, yeah, so that'd be the – and all throughout NDSU, he was 11. Yep. Yeah, I know that through college he was. So that's interesting. But So I wonder what number he's – goes to 20. That'd be a statement. 20 for the QB in uh, Indy there. And it's it's been funny to see uh, Pat McAfee talk about it because he's, t- like, done a whole 180. He was so against it. Yeah, a lot of people were just because the way he was playing right mm-hmm. once, and now all of a sudden he's got. I mean, he's got to endorse him because what are you going to do? It's your city. Like, you're a big name in the indie sports media type world. Yeah, you can't be bashing him. So he's done like a 180 and tried to like kind of write himself. You know, <laughs> it's been pretty funny. It's been pretty funny to listen to. Um, but let's kind of move on. I wanted to talk about the NFL playing in the midst of a pandemic. How the NFL made it work where it felt like no other league could. It felt like a lot of leagues were really struggling with this, and the NFL handled it really well. Yeah. Although they were under a lot of criticism for certain decisions, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just I wanted to throw out some of the numbers in this this quick piece here. 
COVID tests, there were 959,860 COVID tests. $100 million spent, no games canceled, like I said in the intro. There were five games postponed and 10 games moved around total to accommodate for the schedules, but you know every single game was played. That's yeah. the most impressive thing because they're at such a time constraint for the season, mm-hmm. right? Then you're messing with guys' bye weeks. That's going to affect guys' bodies and recovery and that type of thing. So for them to be able to even get all those games in is just so impressive yeah. for me. And when I say criticism, the biggest thing that comes to mind, I don't know if you can think of anything else, but the biggest thing that comes to mind of how they handled some things rather poorly was the Wednesday game, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, where they let Lamar come back and all of those Ravens starters. And then you go look at a team like the Broncos, who had you know hinted at quarterback. That was one of the that was the thing for me that stood out. Like, and and people were really upset about that. Like, you're gonna let Lamar come back because he's the reigning MVP. Mm-hmm. You're gonna let him recover and let those starters recover. But if something happens to some other podunk team like, uh, uh, excuse me, Denver, then you're not gonna give them the same privilege. Like, people were really upset about that. You have anything else that you you know what, anything you think of? I I don't know. Nothing crazy. <laughs> Nothing crazy. <laughs> you remember that though? Yeah. I the did, yeah. one the Wednesday afternoon football game. That yeah, was that so was, out of the weird. I mean, good game. What's uh, Packers played on a Saturday yeah. regular season game. Yep. So I guess there was, was a lot of. This was the only year in NFL history they played on every day of the week. You believe that? They played on a Tuesday. Yeah. When they play on a Tuesday, they played on every day of the week, man. Isn't that unreal? The Wednesday is the weirdest one. Yeah, Wednesday, but Tuesday, Tuesday Friday. Too, yeah, yeah. I know for a fact there was Friday night games. Yeah. I don't know. What what was the Tuesday game? I'll have to figure it out. Um, but I did I've seen that all over the place and that was a while ago that I was kinda going through that every day of the week, man. You couldn't get enough NFL football. Uh, I guess not. Now I shouldn't say um, it wasn't continuous. It wasn't exactly. One it wasn't one week. Good point. Yeah, I shouldn't say that. All. But throughout the season they covered, you know, all every single day. So yeah. as far as the other COVID stories go. Um, you know, we talked about Wednesday, we talked about the Broncos. I'm trying to think there was one other one that I wanted to mention too, uh, COVID wise, but I'm trying to, I can't remember now what it was. Um, who was, Oh, the Browns to Stefanski not being able to like the coaches, the coaching was a big part of it. So like Stefanski not being able to coach that playoff game. That was nuts. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was nuts being able to get to that point. And then you're not going to be there for that game against Pittsburgh. So like the still beat them, but they did. But and that was great because imagine if he wasn't to be there and then for that game for yeah. Cleveland and all that. Then the Lions got hit by the coaching thing, and um, we were already with an interim, and then we had to pull in uh, what's his name, the wide receivers coach, to be the head coach because of COVID. <laughs> yeah. For uh, uh, dude, that was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Um, but I think that's all we've got for the NFL side of things. Move over to a little bit of college football. I wanted to talk, like I said in the intro, football. In Ireland, which is so weird. That's so weird for me to say, right? No Big Ten football for the Irish. Nebraska and Illinois were set to play in Ireland this August at Aviva Stadium. Hopefully I'm not butchering the pronunciation of that in Dublin. But the game has been officially called off because of COVID. The game will not be played in Champaign, Illinois instead. So it'll be a home game for the uh, the Fighting Illini, right? Fighting Illini? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said earlier, though... um, you know, neither of these teams were very good last year. Nebraska finished three and five, and Illinois was even worse at two and six. Yeah. So, where are they? Big Ten, East, West. You know, off the top of your head, Nebraska's in the West, right? Because they're with Wisconsin. Nebraska's in the West. Illinois. The question, 
I'm pretty sure Illinois. I mean, if you're going off a of time zone, then I know they play. Be, I know they play Northwestern always. Which Northwestern's in they the played state? You Northwestern's in the West though. Yeah, right. Northwestern's in the S, the West, because they played against Ohio State this year in the championship. I yeah. don't know. I don't know off the top of my head about where Illinois sits at. Um, but another kind of interesting thing that I want to talk about with this is not just the college football side of things. Coming off the NFL, the NFL started to branch out a little bit. They've played how many games in Europe now? You know what I mean? Like in, uh, in, in England? Yeah. I know. Did the Lions ever play in England? I don't think so. I thought they did. I thought they did. Like Was it the, the Falcons? Falcons? There you go. Okay. So I do yeah. I, I, I do remember that. Okay. Um. So Eng- or Europe and England that we've seen. Uh, Mexico City, I believe we played a couple games there too. I, I want to say. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure we did, but I don't know. I'm like almost positive because I think there's a ton of Raiders fans in Mexico City. I think that's like full of Raiders fans for some reason. That's odd. You know what I mean? But what's interesting is that uh, Canada doesn't get any love as far as the international football goes. I feel right? like Canada is not the best ter- on the best terms with the NFL. Really? Well, yeah. Because Why is that? You, you How does the heard, CFL like, dynamic fit into all of that? That's the I've, question. I've heard that the CFL has like beef with the NFL. Really? Because Canadian football was before NFL. Was it really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So apparently, like, I don't know. They probably because still are... Beefing. Heard about that. Yeah. So the argument, the obvious argument would be like, oh, they have the CFL, which means they have football fans. Yeah. Or else that league would go under. Yeah. Like exactly. That league wouldn't exist. Yeah. So like, and that makes the most obvious sense. It'd be the easiest travel. We see the NBA do it. We see the NHL do it. Uh, shoot, the MLB does it. You know what I mean? Yeah. All these leagues do it, but the NFL does not. I feel like that would make the most obvious sense. There's got to be something else that goes into the, obviously there is, it's a huge decision. But to say, like, and the stadiums are already there, I'd assume. I don't know what the CFL stadiums look like or where they play. But they play somewhere. Yeah, no, I've, I think. Do I've they have their own dedicated stadiums? Yeah, no. They I, do. Okay. I don't know if they're separate stadiums. I don't know how, as far as that goes. But I do know I've seen a few videos of, yeah. like, pretty large stadiums getting pretty full. Yeah. So. Like, it's legit. Like, the CFL has been around for a long time. Yeah. And they have a dedicated fan base, right? So, for me, that would make the most obvious sense to have a team in Canada as like a test run before you go overseas. Imagine trying to figure out the travel and things of like overseas football. Cause I know that's something they're trying to figure out how to expand the batch. Yeah. They've got a firm grip on America right now. Yeah. Like everybody in America knows what the NFL is. And that's a big deal every year. Exactly. If you can expand that, man. Yeah. The thing that I was going to say is I didn't know this until I believe like first semester or something like that. Um, did you know that you can't, we would not be able to get drafted in the CFL CFL. I mean, why is that? Because we're not native Canadians. That can't be true. Look it up. You can't get drafted. You can't get drafted. You can get signed in. You can get free signed. A- okay. Really? Yeah. Like the I was CFL say, I know, draft. I was gonna say I know guys that you know sign oh, with C's all no, the time. Yeah. I was gonna say there's no way they're all Canadians. No. Well, Johnny Manziel. Yeah. Is exactly. Not Canadian, exactly. But. So that's why I was really confused. But the actual draft itself. The is actual only for draft Canadians. itself is only for native Canadians. Why in the world? I have no idea, and I feel like it relates to this. To the go NFL back to the beef. beef. Go back to the beef. I feel like it's probably now. I guess. Well, I'm trying to think. It? I mean, go ahead. Our coach, yeah, Bobby Jerson is in the CFL Hall of Fame, and yeah, yeah, he's no Canadian, is he? No, I was gonna say I don't think so. No, he played here. I was gonna say he played at Northern, so I didn't think he was, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that's nuts. So I guess maybe their thing is like. They want to give, because obviously the CFL ends up being like any other professional football league. It's a place where NFL dropouts go. 
Yeah, something like that. That's a very simple way of saying it. They're all very talented athletes. I'm not taking anything away from oh, them. Oh, for sure. But it's guys who just didn't crack the NFL rosters. Yeah. The or CFL just, is just one step they down. They just keep going back and forth. Exactly. There's a lot of guys that bounce back and forth from yeah. a practice squad or whatever, make it a couple snaps, and then just get cut. And then they go back to the CFL. Maybe get another shot. Maybe they don't. They go back, they go back and so, forth. So, for me, I think, looking from their perspective, it may be as simple as they just want people in Canada to know like they actually have a shot to go play in the CFL. Like, if that's their dream, like, they actually have a shot. All these American guys aren't going to come and, you know what I mean? Yeah. And from the perspective, too, like, people get so excited for the NFL draft. You know what I mean? Oh, it's a huge buildup. It's and building, I mean, right now. You ever watched, like, an NHL draft? I don't think I've ever watched any other draft in besides, the NFL? besides the NBA maybe once. Okay, NBA. NBA and obviously the NFL. Once. Oh, yeah. yeah no, okay, I'm saying NFL. besides okay. the NFL yep, draft. Yep, yep. I, now, the NHL draft is interesting because... There are so many international players. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether it be Canada, Russia, Europe. There are so many talented international players. Same with players. the NBA. They get the NBA, Australia, actually, they've started to do that a lot more. Yeah. Now we have some international superstars. You know what I mean? Chris yeah. Dott, used to be Porzingis. He's not so relevant anymore. But Luka, uh, who yeah. else am I missing here? Jokic, right? Yeah. There's a ton of big-time superstars in the of, NBA. I feel like it's always nah, – it's not always, but there is definitely a few um, – seems like big men are the most it is, popular. Yeah. I feel like it's yeah. the big dudes that are most popular. And that's interesting. But for, you know, the CFL, like I can understand they want as much attention towards the CFL and they don't want, you know, all these, it would just become all American guys who just want another shot. Yeah. I feel like. So maybe it's about keeping that like pure and rich, like Canadian draft. It's yeah. very interesting though. They're losing out on a lot of, you know, yeah, because I, you know that if those teams want to win, they're going to go out and sign the best players, anyways. Exactly. So I wonder, like, what they actually do. Like, I have a feeling there's probably been instances where a dude's got drafted pretty high. Yeah, and then just but gone. Then a free agent signing mm -hmm. comes in and gets like a bigger contract, take a spot too. Yeah, or yeah, if they get that because teams position. obviously want to win. Like those are dudes' jobs, their livelihoods. Yeah, I they're mean, not trying to just a, represent Canada. That's a profession. That's not. They're trying to win, man. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that'll be that'll be pretty interesting. Now, do you think is an international NFL team that far fetched? Whether it be Canada, Mexico, Europe, whatever. How long do you think it will take for us to get there? Um, I don't. I could not give you a time frame, but I wouldn't be just like, a guess. I, I feel like maybe within this decade. I would agree. I would say definitely within the next ten years, we've got a good shot. To uh, see some type of, I don't know, are, is there a, like uh, talk what? about it? Or? Yeah, no, they've the NFL has talked about it, and they've that's been the whole thing with like playing in Europe and playing in Mexico City is they've tried to basically put out feelers and be like, is there an audience for this? Is there yeah. a fan base for this? Is this something that we can actually grow on? Because they don't want to invest all of this time and money and preparation and all this work, and then have it flop. Yeah. Right. So making sure that they can actually do that before they expand. That's something the and it's it's only certain people in the NFL. So obviously it's like a, their own little governing body. They I feel really like, got to get everybody in on, on board. Yeah. I feel like a team in like like Alaska would be sweet. Alaskan team? I don't know. I mean, it'd, it'd be stupid be, because of be travel. Stupid. But, but um, I, I think it would be cool. Well, I figure they fly everywhere anyways. Right. Yeah. I mean, so I guess is it that big of a deal? And Sweden. it's America. Let's make it Sweden. Sweden. Let's make it Sweden. <laughs> I just want the Swiss Alps. The most polite NFL football team ever. Oh yeah. <laughs> but Alaska. I would love to play for that team. Alaska's not that far fetched. 
I, I we got I college football in Hawaii. I'm sure we have college football in Alaska. I don't, I don't know if there's any big schools in Alaska that play college football. Because obviously Hawaii, you think of you know Hawaii. But yeah, exactly. But I mean, Alaska is yeah. a pretty big state. Alaska is so. huge. I don't know what their population is though. It's not super dense. Except no, for like it's Anchorage. definitely not a dense. Yeah, yeah. That's but, the thing I mean, too. Like you got to have fans in the area. Yeah, and no, I mean Hawaii is not the biggest either. I don't know how. No, but there is a big university there. So I mean, that's yeah, got to I mean, be. Do you know, like, there? Yeah, look up like. See Hawaii Stadium, like just just see how packed it gets. I want to see if like yeah, that's a good. That's actually a good question, but I definitely don't think that's too far fetched because obviously that's not international. Yeah, um, but you know we if, should do like a a U.S. Uh, domain, a U.S. domain, like you know the dude. It's called Aloha Stadium. That's badass. That is so sick. It looks huge. Look at that. Oh my gosh, it's massive. Let's see how many uh it uh, it seats here. Oh wait. Yeah, it's, so it's it's ceased for fan attended operations indefinitely right now, um, but I guess I don't really know. That's pretty sweet, man. What uh, it yeah, looks nuts. I'm trying to find the capacity. I'm sure it's on the right. fifty thousand. That's big. That's pretty big, man. Yeah, I mean, that's pr- fifty thousand. That's large. It's not the biggest stadium ever, but that's pretty big. Yeah, they played in the Rainbow Warriors, right? Something like that. I'm pretty sure it's the Rainbow. I see Warriors, but I'm pretty sure it's the Rainbow Warriors. I got them fruity jerseys every year. <laughs> I think it's going to be, you know, the next five to ten years, we're going to see some type of NFL expansion. I'd, I'd really like to see so. something in another country. It'd be cool if, like, American football took over and, and like, soccer just didn't. It'd be cool. <laughs> we're not there yet, dude. No, definitely not. Especially, it's, it's cool to see, like, on uh, social media, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, the soccer player's influence, unreal. You look at LeBron James and Tom Brady, who have two of the biggest followings in American. Whatever. Yeah, and then you look at Ronaldo. Ronaldo and Messi and all those guys. Yeah, well. It's not just, even close. It's just funny because of the fact that we're so blinded at the fact that it's like we, we only, we're we only focusing on like Yeah, we country. don't even see it. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't. No. Do I really care to? You have, to look, really you either, have to look so. and seek it out, really. It's not yeah. going to be an everyday type Which thing. Which I don't. I don't care enough. But <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I respect it. But, of course, I'm not. it's just not my thing. I didn't grow up on it. I never had my youth. I soccer did grow stadiums. up. You I, did. You, uh, you soccer yeah, kid? and I sucked. <laughs> I never had that, dude. I never had that. I'm oh. sure I gave my dad so many just strokes on that field just because of the <laughs> sheer inability to play that sport. That's ridiculous. Uh, the last thing I had for today was uh, FCS football. Talk a little bit more college football. FCS is up and running, albeit a little bit different than usual. So they'll still have a postseason and a championship game, which will end, which will be, excuse me, in mid to late May. Now, 16 teams will make the playoffs this year compared to the usual 24, which means that 10 of the 16 teams will automatically make it due to the conference championships. That takes out like the the dark horse, you know, a lot of those underdog type that you love to see in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the usual is 24. They cut it down to 16. So that's a, that's a quick math. Eight teams that are going to be missing out on a playoff. Break. Yeah. That's big time. Like, that's a huge decision. And they really just do that to save, what, a week? Right? Pretty much. Is that only a week? I want to say it's only a week if you have 24 teams. I think that's a I week. don't know. Yeah, just a week or two. But um, not large. That just shows you, like, that's how their schedule has been shortened so much. Mm-hmm. And so what's interesting is that some FCS schools actually elected to play games in the fall, and they've decided that those games are going to be counted towards the playoff selection process. So NDSU with Trey Lance, big-time win over Central Arkansas in the fall. Yeah, Central Arkansas sucked, but they blew them out. Mm-hmm. That's a win that's going to count towards their playoff, uh, you know, their selection or whatever, which for them it probably will make a difference. Well, but especially when teams, Trey Lance is gone. Yeah, 
So now you're talking about like that's a dude who doesn't even play there anymore, and you're still counting his impact. Yeah, I guess. I, I thought that was really interesting. Why not just make it a level playing field? Because not every team was playing in the fall, so that could really hurt or yeah, really positively know. affect them. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how. Yeah, I I would say you should just make it a clean slate, but that's just me. That's what I say too. So how would you calculate that? Looking at a team, say you have a team that is, I think they play six games. So say you have a team that is five and one compared to a team that is six and one and they won in the fall. Like, so the six and one team would obviously have the birth, right? No yeah. question. Cause they're counting that, but that's just so, that's so interesting to me how they can do that. And cause for a lot of these programs, it wasn't even their decision. It's the university's decision, the school's decision. Hmm. You know what I mean? That's above the football program. Right. That's odd. I mean, we know like the GLIAC, we're all in the same league. The GLIAC has handled this, you know, the pandemic and practicing and everything so much differently. All the schools have. Yeah. There's not one memo that all the schools, there's a lot of things that all the schools have to abide by as far as testing and like certain, you know. Uh, yeah, but the GLIAC, I mean, I feel like just across the entire GLIAC, we've never start like throughout this whole COVID process. Nobody's ever started on the exact same day. I feel like every yeah. single team in the GLIAC started on a different day. They have their own they schedules. They hit shells on a different day. They hit full pads on a different day. Wouldn't different it just amount make of, so much more sense to be uniform? Obviously, we can't do that yeah. because those decisions are just higher up. I feel like I feel like the way that it is, I mean, it sucks for us because, I mean, yeah, we we've been pretty, we've been pretty impacted by it, especially in the fall. Yeah. We were definitely a little late to start compared and, to some uh, of the downstate teams. But I don't know. I feel like when you think about it, it definitely makes sense because of the fact that our campus is going to be a little different than what goes on at like a Northwood or Ferris, like just because of the area that we're surrounded by and our enrollment size, like yeah. Grand Valley's going to might have a little bit bigger of an issue. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, like, twenty five thousand compared to seventy five hundred. Yes, yeah, so, and it's not like Northern has struggled to handle COVID. We ha- apparently had zero cases according to a couple weeks ago. Wow! Right. You didn't know that? I I mean, yeah. I, I, Zero I recorded cases. That's not to say that not one student had COVID on campus, but as far as testing goes, nothing. And they're doing testing I mean, every, every week of students, and then our guys get tested every week, yeah. like a, th- a third of them, right? Hmm. So, and we got the instant tests now, right. by the way. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. You haven't gotten was, tested. You didn't get tested, did you? Not yet. but I did on Friday. It was brutal. It was. I heard that it's the... Still it's the, swab. the swabs, dude. Oh, they, my God. And you do it yourself, and our trainer was just in my face. 15 seconds each nostril. Good Lord. 15 seconds. Hold it up in there. Twist, twist. And they're just in my face doing it. I'm You're, ca- like, I'm catching tears. shit. Oh, dude, I'm catching shit from all the guys because I got tears rolling down my face. I'm just trying to tough it out. Yeah. Take the Q-tip out. There's a little blood on that bad boy. Oh, yeah. Disgusting, man. But they just, they're in your face, and you got to do it, right? What are you going to do? Refuse? I sneezed on mine <laughs> when we were doing uh for the, the campus. back to campus. No, you did not. I swear, dude. You hit a little tickle. Like, I was like, I was going in there, and then she was just like, ah, you could probably go a little further. And I was like, oh, oh come on, man. Oh no. And then she's like, all right, start twisting. And I was like, I, I maybe rotated it once, and then just <laughs> let it loose. And What'd this girl say? was like, What'd you say? She was like, All right, I'd say you're done with that one. <laughs> we got enough sample. Yeah, and I we was got like, enough sample on the Q-tip. Yeah, if you made me keep going, I was going to be pissed. So now I'll ask you this, I guess. Would you rather do it to yourself, or would you rather have her do it? Because they stick that thing back to your damn brain. See, the thing is, is that the ones that we do by ourselves is like a solid rod. Oh, whereas yeah. the one where 
the other person did it. Like the very first COVID test I've ever gotten was like the one where it like I've never literally had like went down my throat. That one was better. Really? She yeah. I mean, she jammed that thing all the way down through. Really? And it, oh yeah, but it bent. So it wasn't like painful. Yeah. It was just like a really awkward feeling. So the only ones that I've had are the ones where I've done it myself. I had the two up yeah. here. No, I mean, the, yeah, the ones where it's like, it's like a slim plastic and then it's got like a Q-tip looking thing on the very end. Yep. And then it just curls down. Oh. The ones that we do is it's just a straight, it's like a Q-tip on roids. Yep. That's exactly then, what it is, dude. Like somebody took a Q-tip and then put it in like the Willy Wonka little extender thing. Remember that from the movie where they stretched out made, that kid? But then just made it harder too. Like it's like <laughs> it just added like a little durability to that zombie. Something. Yeah. It's nuts, dude. And so now you got like 30 guys that got to go in and do that. It's pretty funny. Some tough dudes it's coming out of there with oh, a few yeah. tears. Yeah. And I saw Myself I don't, included. Did you watch Hard Knocks at all? I did. So do you remember at the very beginning, I think it was the Chargers. Yep. They had to do the testing. And it was just funny because I had already gotten my test done, and I they filmed like a few of the guys getting tested. Mm-hmm. Some of the guys flipping out, and it, they literally barely put it in their nose. And these really? dudes were flipping, and they were going nuts about it. Oh my gosh! And I was like, dude, you guys know? You, I don't know you if don't I know saw anything. That. Like, yeah, they don't. It was, it was literally just a tiny cute, and they were getting it every just, day. It was like the brim of their nose, dude. That I was heard, it. And then I heard a lot of guys in the NFL were so desensitized to it, like they just got it and you know got it knocked out. Yeah. They did it every day. We even saw in Houston, they'd run through it, looked like an airport screening thing, and it was just spraying hand sanitizer or like sanitizer on them when they went out to the field. Yeah. They That's took some of, serious measures, dude. I wonder what that does, though. Like, does that shit really do anything? If guys are in full pads already and you're just spraying them with some hand sand, come out. They're already field. in full pads. They're literally running out to the practice. I would field. understand if you're in like Under Armour and stuff. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, maybe. And I'm but, sure they say I'm sure all their equipment guys sanitize their stuff between. Yeah, practices. I feel like that's kind of like even ours do that supposedly. Second layer, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, like what? What is that gonna do? Beat a dead horse. <laughs> that's great. No, you're right though. You're right. Um. Anyways, back to back to FCS. I don't know. We got we got a uh, we got all over the place there. Back to FCS though. I did want to talk about a uh, friend of the show here, Will McElvain. He's got a great chance to make a run this year at the playoffs. His UNI Panthers are currently ranked fifth in the country. I was telling you about him earlier mm-hmm. in the show. Um, absolute baller. He's actually was a walk-on at UNI. He wasn't really being recruited anywhere to play quarterback. Everyone thought he was hmm. too small. And so the coach at UNI brought him on, and he said, you know, basically, like, I'll give you a shot to play quarterback. You know, I'm not going to give you any scholarship. Well, how big is he? Why, what, what I want to say he's under six foot tall, and he's just like, a, like a, an average build, right? Yeah. But dude's just a slinger. I mean, he balled out in high school. Honestly, he's just a, he's I feel baller, like at man. this point, height and all, it's over. Haven't we gotten away from that, have... right? Haven't we gotten away from that? I thought so. And so but... there's just there's still guys that continue to prove schools wrong. I mean, yeah, if you're like 5'4", maybe look somewhere else. But <laughs> Maybe look to a different sport. I would, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm unless not going to tell quick, anybody. Unless you are quick, like some Tariq Cohen. Yeah, right? you could be a slot or something, yeah. but... If you can get crazy separation, mm-hmm. but that's about it. If you're one-on-one. Just... Say even, even Tyreek's, what, 5'10"? Oh yeah, no. I if you're talking about making it to the NFL, that's yeah. All. Good if, luck. I I just give you a thumbs up and say, <laughs> all right, have a day. Why but not? Um, so this is interesting. This is uh, they lost their first game. South Dakota State, who's also nationally ranked, South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, right? Yes. So they lost their first game by four at home. So now you have a six game season. You already lost game number one, and you play in one of the toughest con- conferences in the country, Missouri Valley Conference, I believe, MVC. I want to say that's the conference they're in. So that's NDSU, uh, 
uh, South Dakota State. I know it's a you valley because there's got, the Ohio Valley. Yeah, and the I know they're not valley. in Ohio Valley. They're in Missouri Valley. Oh, well, yeah. I want to say, right? So I, don't, I think it's Missouri Valley. All I can think of is the football with the valley on it. Yeah. I just remember that being But they logo. also play uh, Weber State, who's nationally ranked every year. They play a ton of other really good teams. And NDSU is obviously the one on top there. Yeah. Um, but South he, Dakota State's pretty good, though. South Dakota State's really good, dude. They're, like, they're the real deal. Have you seen their facilities? I have. You know who played there? Who? Zach Zenner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember yeah, Zach yeah, Zenner yeah, for the Lions? Yeah, he yeah. played there. He was a Jackrabbit. I was about to take a visit there, and my dad was like, we're not driving. Like, <laughs> how many? I think it that was like almost sweet. like 20 hours. That would have been sweet. But Will, last year, he made his first ever college start against Iowa State. Mm. Balled out, took him into, I believe, it took him and lost in overtime to Iowa State. Iowa State. Iowa State. Wow. And they lost in OT, bro. Can you imagine? And your first college start as like coming in as a walk-on. Well, I mean, he's in scholarship, obviously, now, but. That's nuts. Uh, So then he ended up balling out for them. They make it into the playoffs. They lost in, I believe, the quarterfinals to James Madison, who obviously went on to the championship game and, you know, gave it a good run. Yeah. So Hmm. they played played South Dakota State, Weber State, North Dakota State during the regular season, and then they played James Madison in the playoffs. Not to mention they had already won two playoff games before that. I don't know who they played. They got a squad, dude. Yeah. They got a really good squad there. So I'm going to be watching him. Hopefully we can get him back on the pod here in the next couple of weeks. That'd be cool. Kind of check in on him during the season. I think that'd be awesome. So I'll reach back out to him. He was great on the podcast. So that'll be interesting. But like I said, they lose their first game. And mm. since you only have six games, man, that's like something the Big that's, Ten was yeah. dealing with, right? So yeah. that's going to be really interesting to see how they kind of bounce back from that. Now, you and I will play the three-time defending champs, North Dakota State, in April. That's the last game of their regular season, so that's how they'll finish the regular season. Wow. It should shake out to be one of the biggest matchups this year. NDSU is already 2-0 and because, like I said, they got that one game in in the fall, and they won week one of their actual spring season. So they're already 2-0. and mm-hmm. Now, they don't have Trey Lance anymore. The QB room should be really interesting. Um, they got Quincy Patterson from Virginia Tech, and they also oh, have yeah. some other great talent in that quarterback room. So that quarterback room is going to be very interesting. Who uh, who played in this first game? It just... was not Quincy Patterson. I checked. I forget the name. Did he Maybe get there something. at that point? And the quarterback, that's a good question, if he's playing right now, because he's obviously talented. But the quarterback they had threw for 70 yards in their win. That's unheard of. Now they rushed. Their lead rusher had like 130. So obviously it was a little more ground and pound action. But yeah, the quarterback did not have over 70-some yards. That's insane. Yeah, for NDSU, the style of offense, they've just been putting up points on everybody. And they still put up some decent points, but 70 yards. Yeah, you're going to need a little bit more. You're going to need some more production at that position. So that'll be really interesting. But I guess the question I want to leave you with is why don't these games have primetime television spots? You're telling me like people wouldn't watch some great Division I football right now? Yeah, I was gonna say what why, else is are... what else is going on? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think there's anything that warrants like FCS football should not be on some big time like ES, even ESPN like two type stuff. Yeah, exactly. That ESPN would be great. U, I would watch yeah. it. I know for sure I would watch. I'm it. I'm sure they might be on some like ESPN U type things. I haven't checked too much, but like a lot ESPN of them. Plus, yeah, like sure. yeah, exactly. But a lot of them should be like that. Should be big time games, especially when you get North Dakota State playing. You get these nationally ranked teams playing. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, I'm, there's no reason that people like, especially all the NFL talent with, you know, Trey Lance is the most recent example of somebody who's going to translate from FCS level. But there's guys every year. No, yeah, say, FCS sure. dudes are talented as hell. Are you kidding me? So I don't know. I just I guess I hope that uh, they kind of get the recognition they deserve. And it should be nice now because they're not in the shadow of FB, FBS at this point. FBS is done. Yeah. You know what I mean? They had their national champion. 
Yeah. So now it's time. Now it's time for the FCS to play. Now, like I said, you've got Division three schools playing. Very minimal. Uh, a lot of NAI schools are going at it in the spring, and then some D two are playing. Mm-hmm. Not us, but some D two, and the FCS is at the top of the ladder right now. That's got to feel pretty good. Yeah. You would assume that right now they'd be getting more attention than they usually do. Yeah, I don't. I mean, because even like, so we're gonna have to get some FCS guests on here. Is I guess what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. But. I mean, we saw it in uh, at the beginning of this year when, like, the smaller, the really small FS, BS teams, yep. like your team, uh, what were those? The, the Who are you talking about? Louisiana something. Louisiana State. Louisiana State? Or just or you talking about Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns? The Raging Cajuns, the FBS, yeah. FBS. That's what I said. Oh, okay, sorry, yeah. Yeah, I said the smaller FBS. Oh, like the group of five schools. Yeah, Like yeah, the yeah. non-power fives, yeah. Non-power fives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like... We saw those, and when those were the only games on, like those were they were, sick. They were blowing up. Those games were awesome. Yeah, exactly. So now I it helps know. that you had teams like Louisiana and teams like Coastal Carolina who were beating big time names. Yeah, you know but, what I mean. But you didn't figure that out until later. Exactly. Like these, two, everyone knew those teams were legit from the first couple games. Right. So I I think they should put these on. I'm sure a lot of people would agree with me, but now what's interesting too is like a team I know like the Citadel. Right, they're FCS. They've played like Alabama in years past. They've played some other FBS opponents. Wow. Trey, Trey Lance never played any FBS opponents in his time at NDSU. Didn't he only? Trey Lance has only played like one year, hasn't he? He only played like yeah, like twelve games, thirteen games. I don't know, like seventeen maybe more so. But yeah, yeah but like NDSU must not be in it like that. Now a lot of it's a money thing, right? They get paid a yeah. lot of money to go play those games. I want to say out. they played Iowa State when Carson Wentz was there. Did they really? I'm pretty sure that was Carson Wentz's first start as well. So. Dude, Will McIlvain, the next Carson Wentz. Carson is what you're saying. Wentz, Will McIlvain. Yeah. Pretty sure he beat uh, Iowa State, though, pretty handily. Did he? Uh, That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. No, he took him to OT, but um, I'm going to have to get him back on here. But FCS, I mean, that's that's really all I've got today, but I think that'll be really interesting. So I'm definitely going to have to touch up on the uh, the FCS game here, mm-hmm. especially, I think, as we get towards the actual playoffs and the championship in the next month or two. I think there's going to be a good amount of uh, momentum and a little bit of excitement and towards that. For sure. Because people love football, dude. Especially, like, people need to bet on shit, too. Like, they want to bet gambling. on football, too. You know what I mean? Just gambling. That's another thing, too. Like, people need people need football, and they're going to get it whatever way they can. So, I think yeah. there's going to be some more attention on the FCS here um, heading into week two now. But that's all we've got for this episode of Division One Rejects. Remember to follow us on Twitter at D1 underscore Rejects. Also, on Instagram at Division One Rejects. Appreciate you all listening. Zach, what are you going to hit him with to finish off the episode? Peace. Peace. <laughs>